right, let's let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. How are you doing today, Caitlin? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm feeling, I mean, I feel like this was every episode, but I'm feeling particularly nostalgic today. You're, you're right. I actually, I feel the same way. Like, this has probably been my favourite one to go back and look. You know, we, when we yeah. do nostalgic, like, music ones, that hits. Yeah. But this one is particularly uh, transporting me back to, like, early 2010s yeah and I think as well I was really reflecting on um how through the power of uh online culture and online technology is kind of how our friendship started to develop like yeah it was always the classic I'll see you on MSN later Mm -hmm. (laughs) um greeting no farewell as you were leaving school and like I feel like maybe we worked our way up to be in each other's top eight on MySpace maybe because that was still back in the days just before Facebook came through and completely steamrolled MySpace into you know into oblivion and then yeah I'm pretty sure you're the first person that convinced me to make a Tumblr blog like 10 years ago because you were like this is really cool you should do it yeah. I was obsessed with Tumblr you at that were. Point. It was yeah. so aesthetic. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's Emo. just so kind of, oh, fully, like, you know, you had, to, you had to take, you know, once MySpace died, you had to be able to take that energy somewhere. And Tumblr exact, was That's the exactly place. right. Channel it into Tumblr. <laughs> but yeah, so today on the pod, we're going to kind of delve into our, our favourite things from online culture over the past, I guess, 10 years, maybe a little bit further, maybe a bit more recent as well. Talk about yeah. some of our old favorites some of our current favorites which will hopefully be a laugh and a half but first I've got I've got some stats for you that I'd like to like to give you a little bit of a quiz on if you don't mind you know what I always say to people that Kara loves a stat I've said that (laughs) sentence many times in my life I do love a stat love a graph (laughs) yeah so hit me what have you got all right so how many billions of views do you think the most you most viewed YouTube video has? I have no idea. I would say it's got to be more because I think I think the video you're talking about overtook Bieber. It did. Like, correct. Okay. I would say because of the nature of it, I would say like 400 billion. No, it's, it's 8.7, oh. but I appreciate how. Oh, sorry. Oh, you said, oh, because when you said 400 million, hang on. It's 8.74 billion views on Baby Shark, and I'm going to say it so you can insert the clip and get it stuck in everyone's head. Yeah, let's do that. I love that. <laughs> I meant to say 400, what did I say? 400 billion? Yeah. I meant to say 400 million. Oh, okay, right. I'm way off. Either That's way, crazy. you were still so a little bit So it's in the billions. Off. It's in the billions. So the top 30... Most viewed YouTube videos are all in the billions. Wow. The thirtieth the, the most so I, the thirtieth most viewed video is um, Axel F by Crazy Frog. How's that oh for nostalgia? God. Wow. Yeah. Ba- so ba- Baby Shark being like kids content, like I could imagine just sitting your kid in front of a telly. Oh, absolutely. In front of a tablet, just playing on repeat. It's like how the Wiggles were one of the top Australian artists on Spotify last year. It's all because of the kids. So that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. You have to say, like when you think about, yeah, all of the different kind of iterations of social media sites and content that have been around in our time, like MSN, MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, all those kinds of ones. One that was like a personal favorite of mine at the time, which has since died and kind of been revived in almost a different form was Vine, which was uh, short videos. It was like six second looping videos. So you only had a really minimal time to make yeah. your impact. And it kind of spawned this whole generation of like internet memes, I guess. Yeah. Um, big internet time. video memes for the first time. How many active users do you think Vine had at its peak? <sighs> I would say, I'm just going to go 100 million. <laughs> Close, kind of. Okay. Double it. 200 million. Oh, okay. Doubled. Active users. It reached over 200 active users, according to uh, techcrunch.com. In an article from January of last year, I guess they... Oh, because they rebooted it um, to something uh... else, which clearly hasn't been as popular. So at its peak, 200 million uh, active users on Vine. I think the thing that w- was interesting with Vine was it kind of was around in that era of social media where people were starting to realise that they could go viral and become famous. Um, yes. But yeah. they hadn't quite fully realised how to do it yet. So mm-hmm. it was kind of that emerging platform to do that on. On the other hand, TikTok. 
yes. which um, used to be Musical.ly and then was rebranded as TikTok. It was the fifth most downloaded app of 2019 and it was the number one downloaded app of 2020. A similar kind of thing where you could, at the start, only upload short videos. Now you can do um, up to 60 seconds. Um, yep. So they've kind of really adapted and changed it based on the user profiles. But how many... Uh, monthly active users do you think TikTok has? It's more than Vine, I'll tell you that. Significantly more? Yes. Oh, gosh. I'm going to say upwards to a billion. So let's say 800 It's million. 689 million. <laughs> it's like three times the size of Vine and then some. TikTok has had such a huge emergence probably because of the pandemic, like people yeah, being at home. Yeah, absolutely. Getting on, everyone loves, I mean, and memes. It's it's the meme. Yeah, it is culture, the new meme. Like the TikTok trend is the new meme. Absolutely. And it's just, yeah, like it, and it's also that sort of accessible thing where you have, you know, the famous TikTokers who live in houses together in LA and do all that kind of, you know, traditional creator collabs, but the same trends can be done by everyday people and they can go viral, which is kind of fun, I think. But I know TikTok also has lots of problems with it, but for the most part, <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah, I think, you know, look, some of those stats are incredibly insane. Social media, with all of its, you know, qualms and issues, which are many and varied, has brought a lot of people together, like across yeah. continents. Um, I myself have made a lot of online friends through various ones of these platforms. More recently on Tumblr, through sort of the Five Sauce fandom, but also, you know, through a podcast, an American podcast. Almost 10 years ago, I befriended my friend Sarah, who lives in Canada, and we still talk like most days. So it's kind yeah. Kind of crazy that you know through having that thing in common whether that be creators or trends or memes or content um you can really bond with people obviously you know stranger danger don't send yeah. money to people you don't know etc but for the most part because <laughs> we've grown up in this generation i guess we were sort of the first generation to as teens have these profiles um, and have this presence online and kind of this readily available stream of content like we didn't have to wait for our well, we did have to wait for our favourite show to be on the TV, but we could also log on to YouTube or, in my case, spend an entire day waiting for a three-minute YouTube video to load on dial-up internet because we didn't <laughs> oh, get we painful. didn't get broadband until I was in, like, year nine. It was the worst. Oh. But anyway, you know, first of all, problems. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's definitely an area that we've sort of touched on here and there but definitely deserved its own episode for sure. Yeah, and like you said, we we bonded over a lot of these people that we're going to talk about today and there are so many sort of... To, to chat about. Should we get into it? Yeah, I reckon you should kick us off with your first choice. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> my first one, we're going to do a, um, a top three of like our, our sort of main creators, I guess, that we've enjoyed in the years gone by and most of them currently too that we still follow. Um, and then we've got some honourable mentions and then maybe we'll go into some of the new things that we're um, yeah. watching, listening to and all of that. Um, so the first one I have on my list is Rhett and Link, probably known as Good Mythical Morning. Mm -hmm. um, they started their, I guess, YouTube journey posting musical comedy songs. Um, I think it's like 14 years ago. Amazing. And them together celebrated just the other day 37 years of friendship. So yes. their journey is so interesting because they are best friends from like childhood, mm. then creating a business well, creating a YouTube channel that turned into a business that has now turned into like a multimedia company. Yeah, um, that's it's the, crazy. the thing that's really interesting about some of the people mentioned here, but also some that are not. But people that like for a lot of these creators, it started as a hobby and yeah. it's become a career. And for many of them, it's become a multi-million dollar empire. Like I yeah. saw, because uh, Hank Green is quite big on TikTok because he answers like sciencey questions for people. Oh, I love that. And there's yeah. a whole new generation of people that just know Hank as the TikTok guy. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no, no, this man is in charge of like multi-million dollar budgets because of all of yeah. the, you know, vlog brothers and like all the different, you know, networks and channels that they have yeah. and VidCon and all this stuff. And it's just so funny to like That's... think of a new generation that just thinks Hank Green is the sciencey guy that answers questions yeah. on TikTok. But anyway, he's like I the new Bill Nye. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
That is funny. Well, and because Hank and John were both, they sort of were in the same sort of like OG YouTube yeah, club yeah. as Rhett and Link. You know, like they they all came up sort of together creating content. Um, and I probably started watching Rhett and Link about 12 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. So we're in that sort of like, yeah, decade-ish sort yeah. of time frame that we're talking about here. They did a YouTube competition called Supernote, which is where they got people to upload videos um, onto YouTube seeing who could hit the highest and longest note, yeah. like musical note. It's like that early engagement era of yeah. YouTube where people were like, do a, a video response. You yes. Know, sort of oh, my God. Video responses. Right. I know. It's honestly what like a time. going what back a time. and thinking now about you just, that stuff. Now you just hit a button on TikTok and go duet. And it must be so much easier now. <laughs> I know. Then having to upload completely new content. Yeah. But then anyway, from there, I sort of followed their daily show called Good Morning Chia Lincoln. Mm-hmm. That was where it evolved into Good Mythical Morning. And then I've been watching GMM ever since. Going through uni, it was what I would watch every single day. They did a video a day plus a Good Mythical More So it was like two videos a day, every weekday. And I think when people back then were uploading content every single day, which was how you sort of got the trending page. Yes, how you you worked the algorithm. Daily vlogging was such a huge thing. Yeah, the daily vlogging. Oh, my God, the daily (laughs) vloggers. Yeah, I don't really watch Good Mythical Morning as much anymore. Like I'll watch maybe like a couple of videos a week. But I'm an avid listener of Ear Biscuits, which is their podcast, Mm. um, where they're a little bit more candid. And I've learned so much about their life and their journey and their creative journey. And it's been really great watching their content and art evolve over the years. But yeah, I love their podcast. It's funny how like they could have such a structured show yeah, where you know them and their characters, you know. Yeah. They sort of strip that back into a podcast. I love that so many of these people that we're going to talk about do podcasts now. You feel more connected. Well, I guess it's that thing and it's, you know, there's a whole other like sociological parasocial relationships between fans and artists that we could delve into. But it really is fascinating to me. And obviously, you know, these, I guess, influencers for want of a better word, creators, uh, maybe is a better word, are curated brand personalities. Like what we see online isn't all of them, but it's really fascinating and quite impressive to to be honest, that, like you were saying, Rhett and Link are 14 years into a career on the internet and same with the Vlogbrothers and a few of the mm. other people that we'll talk about have been online for 10 plus years and they're still finding ways to engage not only, like, existing fans but new fans and new audiences yeah. by trying out, like, you know, every everyone's got a podcast these days. Yeah, but, like, exactly. the fact that they can still do it and make it unique and interesting for someone like you who has watched them you know for the better part of 10 years like it's it's very impressive it's also yeah it's fascinating and I think about like that need with being an online creator to have to adapt like have to move with your audience and with the way that their user habits are changing because if you don't then you'll be left behind like that's what happened to MySpace right (laughs) yeah exactly and I think for them it's like their audience was younger probably and they came into YouTube in their 30s I think yeah so you know at the time they felt like they were older than like some of the younger obviously creators coming through but um I think because their fan base and their you know their supporters and subscribers and whatever yeah and they're growing up and I was growing up and the show may not relate to me as much anymore as when I was like 18 or 17 or whatever um and so going and listening to their podcast and they did like this really great series on their I don't know if it was on their main channel. I think it was part of Good Mythical Morning. Yeah. Where they went back to their hometown because they're from like a rural town in North Carolina. And so their upbringing and stories from their childhood reminds me a lot of the things that I did as a kid, you know, riding around on your bike and making your own fun and that sort of thing. Yeah. It was cool, like, seeing them go back to that and, yeah, just learning more about them. But I, yeah, like I said, I never miss an Ear Biscuits and they're doing a new scripted podcast called Ronstadt, which that's a whole new medium as well. You know how audiobooks have been so popular. Well, I guess it's it's like um, the radio plays they used to do back in the day. But no, I think it's also really um, kind of fun to see or to acknowledge, maybe for better or for worse, depending on who it is we're talking about. Mm. But through the power of social media and I guess the income that people have been able to make for themselves, they have been able to, you know, move out of their small towns and really establish themselves and make their dreams come true. I suppose, yeah. um, which is interesting. There's a lot about their story that obviously we can't get into today, but it's just like the fact that they came from there and just put everything on the line to move out to Los Angeles to do a 
a com- like a show, yeah. a, a network TV show, and YouTube was their backup plan kind of thing or like something that they were doing on the side that yeah. they were enjoying has turned into what is now their company and their business, their CEOs of a company. Yeah, all of the YouTubers that like created their companies and networks and then sold them to Disney for like $100 million. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it's my just gosh. like a whole thing. Let's go on to your first one. So I'm interested to hear you talk about the wonderful Carrie. Hope yes. So Carrie is someone that I, this is going to sound really weird, but that I've followed online. I promise <laughs> I'm not a stalker, but since the MySpace days, which is wow. wild. So we're talking like 2007. I was introduced to Carrie um, via the fact that she uh, is the younger sister of one of the members of one of my favourite bands, McFly, um, Mm -hmm. and stumbled across her on MySpace where she was still in high school at the time, so same as me. She's only two years older than us, um, and she was posting like videos of her singing covers and that kind of thing because she's an amazing vocalist. And from there, she kind of stepped into the world of YouTube and started documenting, like still doing covers and that kind of thing, which were really, I guess, on trend at the time, as it were. But she used YouTube to kind of document parts of her life as her career was evolving. So she had been um, on the West End as a child actor in, I believe, in Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And ever since then had dreamed of, oh, and Les Mis as well, I think. Yeah, because she's the only person to have, or one of the few to have played a character as a child and an adult in Les Mis. That's like one of the records that she holds. But yeah, I remember like her documenting um, her getting her first Western role as an adult, which was in Les Mis and kind of she uses the platform to still, you know, uh, communicate her music and talk about, you know, she's a published author now, like she writes these amazing mm. fantasy books, but also she uses them to, uses YouTube to kind of give you an insight into her life as a musical theatre actress. So every sort of major show she's been in or tour that she's been on, she's documented through a different vlog series, which I find really fascinating because that's the kind of thing, like movies and that kind of stuff will often get behind the scenes content. But the world of sort of stage and musicals, you really don't get a lot. So it's kind yeah. of um, a really interesting, interesting perspective. So she's done it for like the Adams family, for Heather's, um, and she's now doing it. She's about to originate uh, the role of Cinderella in the West End, which is an Ooh. Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Which is really crazy to think that the person I was watching on MySpace like is that more the one than that ten Emerald years Fennell ago. Yeah, is, she's yeah, she's in. written part of the. Uh, the book I think for that which is really cool but Carrie has always kind of you know she's definitely evolved as a human as we all have over that time but it's been really interesting because she's always tried to have her online brand as like really quite positive but also quite honest and that kind of thing I remember back when I was at uni I ran a little WordPress blog where I used to actually write a lot about online content and I had people do guest columns and all that kind of stuff. Caitlin did a guest column that resulted in my blog's top search term being Nile Horan Arse for the next three <laughs> years. But anyway, that's oh, a story for another day. That's got to be my next tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I um, wrote a post about Carrie one day just like talking about how much I loved her and she tweeted it. Like I didn't tag her in it. She must yeah. have been like I didn't have Twitter at the time so I couldn't reply to her but I wonder how she found it. Yeah, I think she must have Googled herself, maybe, or possibly, because I didn't realize because it happened with something else where I linked to someone else's website in my post and they found it because they got an alert from their website to say that someone had visited their website from my link so maybe that kind of thing as well maybe Um, yeah she's just you know like I think it's really quite cool to have been able to watch the evolution of this person in their career and in their artistry to go from yeah like getting her first West End role to all the way through to now like originating a role and being so established and yeah I find the way that she uses the platform to document, you know, certain parts of her life that she feels comfortable sharing, which is, and I'm sure, you know, it probably does a bit for the publicity of the show. Um, to yeah. Be able to, you know, it's kind of something unique that she can bring to it. Um, in the US on Broadway, broadway.com does a similar kind of thing where they mm-hmm. get particular people from shows to do video diaries, but none of them are yeah. YouTubers. So it's always a bit awkward at first, whereas yeah. Carrie is obviously kind of a born and bred YouTuber. And she also has, you know, dipped her toe into like some skits here and there. Like the whole thing with, and we haven't even gotten into it, but with UK YouTubers, is <laughs> yes. that like everyone has collabed with everyone on the planet. Like, do you remember that mm-hmm. sketch she did about the balloon baby with Jack and that Dean. That was one of my favourite 
Jack and Dean videos. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So good. And, you know, so many different clubs with other people as well, which have been an absolute delight. But, yeah, she's someone that I have consistently followed throughout that time and have never... Yeah. Like, because there's been times where she's been inactive and obviously there's been times where I'm sure she's said stuff or done stuff that I haven't necessarily agreed with, but it's never, like, I've never felt the urge to hit that unfollow button, which yeah. I feel like is pretty rare, um, especially oh, 100%. when you kind of, you know, we go through different phases and you age in and age out um, on different influences, but Carrie's yeah. the one that I sort of always come back to because she's like, there are certain portion, like, most of her life is like, utterly unrelatable because it's like yeah. I am never going to be in a West End show but because no. she's so delightful and dorky and like always wants to you know pop into Lush on her lunch break and that kind of thing yeah. like there are so many parts of her that she shares with her audience that are so relatable and lovely it's an interesting insight into that world it, like you said it's not something that we get to see every day no and it's... so it's and I guess YouTube and social media is a lot of escapism as well like yeah absolutely it's nice. and the daily vloggers was definitely like that you just watch these people who are it's like watching a tv show <laughs> like it's you know every single day oh I like that well actually that kind of ties me into mm-hmm. the second one I wanted to talk talk about in terms of like following them for a really long time and 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 have, have still continued to yeah. sort of watch their content um so the second one my my picks are weird my online I would expect sort of watching, nothing less <laughs> right it's just odd but anyway the second one I wanted to talk about is sorted food <laughs> this is so weird now that I'm saying it out loud I'm like why am I anyway I love sorted food, so I shouldn't laugh yeah. at, my, at myself. But this is just the habits of someone who's completely random. But anyway, so sorted food is a cooking show <laughs> where yes. a group of friends make videos. And right. they're usually hilarious, focused around food. So <laughs> a little bit about myself. <laughs> love a cooking show. Yeah. Love learning recipes, although I am useless at being creative in the kitchen. Yeah. So I watch a lot of cooking shows on YouTube and I'm still subscribed to a bunch. Mm-hmm. Cupcake Gemma. Yes. Oh my God. What a throwback. I, I know. I love Jamie Oliver yep. on YouTube as well. So I watch a lot of cooking content, mm-hmm. but... I think the reason why Sorted stands out amongst all of them is because of their friendship. Yeah. So it's Mike, Jamie, Ben and Barry and they all met at school and they've been friends for decades. Um, And they launched this channel about 10 years ago with Ben being the only chef and the other three uh, labelled as normals, which I can relate to being a normal normal cook. (laughs) Yes. So I don't know. I just loved the fact that they were all friends and they sort of got Ben and he was like the main host. You know, he was doing all the recipes and stuff. Um, But I've been watching these guys since like, I would say early uni days. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've done a lot of things over the years to expand their business. Like they do this thing called a meal packs app, which is where you can go, like you can subscribe and you get recipes um, and you can get access to all their cookbooks and stuff, which is really cool. Like they've done a bunch of cookbooks you know, we talk about YouTuber books. Um, this is kind of a different variation of that, I guess. Yes. <laughs> and they have they have a podcast as well. But what I love too is like back in the day, not so much now, um, but they used to do collabs with heaps of YouTubers. And I reckon this is probably how I found them. Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. Like that's it used to just be like an endless link. Like and after they would have events like VidCon or in the UK, like Summer in the City, it would just be like literally because then they would have to space them out. So it would feel like three months worth of collabs because yeah. it would be like you know, like Zoe and Louise and then Joe mm-hmm. and Louise and then Dan and Louise and then like Tanya and Joe and like, I don't know, yeah. like I'm just throwing random they would names all... out here, but they would all like intercollab with each other and it would yeah. just be, you know, I just feel like it would make it exhausting, but I guess that's yeah, the thing when social loop. media is your career, like you just yeah. got to take that content while you can get it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll throw a couple of names out here of who they did some collabs yeah. with. Rhett and Link. Obviously, yes. being one of my favorite ones, um, Charlie is so cool. Like oh, Charlie still makes videos. He just does like science education videos now, which is pretty cool. But anyway, interesting. Well, you mentioned Jim Chapman, oh, Jim yes. and Tanya, um, <laughs> Grace. Yeah, no, Grace, Mamrie, and Hannah. Yes, like talk about iconic. Like, oh, I know they. Oh, they deserved a spot. I, like, I remember watching a video. I think it's Hannah 
made pizza with John Green and John Green's toddler <laughs> and it's the white like where they're drinking and making pizza and it's like it's great it's wine kitchen or that. something but anyway sorry continue <laughs> yeah I I know the one you're talking about Oh, is it just is it, it just called is it just like drunk kitchen is that oh, what it's called? Oh, main drunk trick kitchen is Hannah's yeah. and Mamery is you deserve a drink. Oh my god, I used to like watch those videos. Like that, it's transporting me back. Anyway, yeah. but they did a bunch of collaborations. Crab sticks was another one. Chris Kendall, Ugh. Jack and Dean, yes. Jamie Oliver. So a bunch of different people. But yeah, yeah I love Sorted. I think. It's, it's about the friendships, about the dynamics that really draws you into being like someone that goes back to their content all the time and, and they're still uploading stuff. Yeah. And their show is actually better than ever, I would say. So, yeah, really nice to see that they're still still doing really well. But that's my second one. Random. But anyway, <laughs> no, I what, love is, it. what is your next one? Well, my next one is someone who has not posted on YouTube in two years. But has still somehow managed to be, I would say, one of the most iconic creators of our generation. I think you're right. He's posted, so he has two videos that were posted two years ago, and then we jump to three years ago. And then we get to five, four and five years ago, pretty quickly looking at his YouTube profile. But But he's been active with... Other things. Amazing Phil. Well, if that's what you want to... Well, oh, yeah. (laughs) Not what I meant. But, I mean, he's been on Phil's channel recently. Yes, yes. Well, we talk about, you know, diversifying your portfolio and the different platforms. But he's even, like, he's even... I know. (laughs) I know. But, like, even, you know, looking at his YouTube name, that changed because, like, the YouTuber we knew was Dan is not on fire, which... Oh, how emo could you get? I know, right? Like talk about talk is, about iconically, you know, two thousand and seven or whatever it was when Dan started his channel or Daniel Howell as he is now uh, known online. He turned thirty the other day, so happy birthday, mate! If you're oh, listening, happy birthday! But Dan, for me, and we talk about our our uni days a lot, which to clarify were uh, twenty twelve to twenty fourteen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks for that. Just yep. you know, just in case anyone was wondering, um, yeah. he made some of the most ridiculous but also relatable content that I'd ever seen and it just constantly had me in stitches like I'm looking at like what not to do at university uh please stop PSA stop emo shaming um (laughs) the memeing of life the ever iconic internet support group yeah where he (laughs) used to write in and he would try and not solve their problems 10 out of 10 content oh my god there's a diss track from the roast yourself challenge just like and then obviously all of his uh collabs with phil because they've made books and board games and had tours so and obviously you know Dan in the most recent video I posted on his channel two years ago came out but he did it in such an eloquent and well thought out way and it was like mm. almost cin- cinematic that video how it, it took you through his entire journey yeah I don't know Dan was just one of those ones where like and I hope this isn't offensive to say but for like mm. something that was like fairly low budget had very high impact do you know what I mean yeah well it's that sitting down talking to camera yeah video that was really popular like he was a personality yes you know you think about like celebrities yeah they were reality stars in a way mm. like oh, that's how on, I would on their own them. show I guess exactly. like they were and doing all the editing the and they were, they were choosing how they were portrayed but then comedy doesn't need to be elaborate either yeah exactly was so funny either the joke hits or it doesn't and it must yeah. be so weird to like just be cracking jokes to a camera oh, in it would be so weird. by yourself, like with no no response from the audience until you upload it. We love Dan Howell <laughs> on the uh, Shout Out to the Old Me podcast. Yes, absolutely. Who have um, you got next? I have. What have I got next? Or, well, <laughs> one of my faves. Kick the PJ. Yes. AKA PJ. <laughs> I think Kat, Kick the PJ is like, it was like the channel name. Again. Yes. All of their usernames. Like Carrie's is, um, it's way past my bedtime. Like, oh, oh my God, of course it is. Yeah. Oh. I was trying to think. I'm like, I don't know she doesn't go by that. Like, it's sort of Well, she's, re- I feel like everyone's rebranded now. Yes. Kick the PJ. Um, I found PJ's channel, I would say 2011. Yep, sounds about right. Year before uni, I think it was. And I think the reason they came 
came across him was because I was looking up stuff for my media subject. I distinctly remember coming across a video called Epic Breakfast. Yeah. It was a short film where him and his friend were having breakfast in their uni flat. Yeah. Um, and things were blowing up around them. Amazing. And I remember that so well because for the rest of that subject, I used PJ as like one of my main sources of inspiration well, and that kind of continued through, like, my entire studying of film. Funny you should say that because uh, last year as part of my university studies when I had to mm. come up with a media unit, uh, yeah. guess who I used? <laughs> oh, I'm going to say PJ. PJ and specifically the uh, music videos he directed for Dodie as well as some of his other work. Yeah. So it was a whole fun little YouTuber thing. And it also got me thinking, I was like, if I taught this to students now who were all born in, like, 2006 will Mm. they even know who these people are (laughs) probably not i mean like it was just such a like that time when he was creating content or and creating short films that's what they were it's the same Mm. with birdie you know like you can look at it like oh it's youtube content no these were short films yeah they were like quality productions yeah what i love too is that even though his stuff was completely different to what i was doing yeah it felt close it felt relatable mm-hmm. in the sense of like, okay, well, I could take this sort of like editing tip, yeah, or like this kind of lighting, and adapt it to what I was doing. And so, and I loved his other stuff too. Like, I loved the skits and things, but yeah. I also loved his sitting down. And he used to do that. What was it like the sip thing? Yeah, the sip. Um, where, no, the slurp. Was it the slurp? The slurp. Because he used yes. to slurp tea. That yes, that's thing. it. And the, which was like a Q&A. Yeah. And so like the Q&A is a YouTube. We love that. You know, like yeah. it's just so nostalgic to think about like all that the stuff. Q&A but... tag. Bless. The <sighs> only, I must oh, say, no. the only PJ thing I'm not a fan of is the clown. That's the only thing oh, I, I can't love... get around. <laughs> I lo- is it is it Wiggles? Yeah, I think it's Wiggles. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I remember when he debuted that. And I yeah, this is genius. Yeah, so in that regard, I love PJ for that. He also did a web series called Oscars Hotel. Yes, which was incredible. As I well. use that in like, my media unit too. <laughs> it's so good and. The plot of that was basically like Oscar takes over his uncle's hotel and all of the puppets that was all filled with uh, monsters and creatures that were residents of this hotel and they were made by Jim Henson's creature shop, I think. Like that, the thing about that, which was, that was like, you literally, we went from watching this guy make videos in his uni flat to going to LA and making a full production using like puppets and creatures from Jim Henson's company. Like it was a full on glow up evolution progression and it was so good. So I attribute PJ sort of creativity and videos and short films and stuff to a lot of my like inspiration throughout uni but just as a content creator generally he was so great and he was one that I every time he uploaded I was right there watching it so I had to put him on the list and alongside people like I mentioned Bertie Gilbert yeah who that I just really admired them for the stuff that they were making it was so cool those guys were like next to like Quentin Tarantino and Hitchcock (laughs) for me in terms of inspiration. So that was, yeah, that's the last of my top three. Have you got one more? Yes, I have one more. And yeah, leads in quite nicely um, from Kick the PJ. But Dodie Clark, also known as Doddle Oddle uh, on YouTube, is... Uh, a YouTuber, but also quite well known these days as a singer, songwriter, musical artist. Would recommend checking out her tunes if you've got a spare moment. I think, um, yeah, she has a really cool sound. Um, but she's someone that has been on YouTube since she was, well, as most of these, but since she was quite young, like since she was a teenager. And the one thing I specifically wanted to call out for the purpose of this episode was a series of videos that Dodie has done which are addressed to herself at particular milestones in her life. And Mm -hmm. then when she gets to those milestones, she reacts to the videos, which so she kind of uses YouTube as a bit of a time capsule, which is really, really interesting. She did five years ago, she did Dear 25-Year-Old Me. Mm -hmm. So then this year... I think uh, Musical Bethan has done a very say, similar thing. I wasn't going to say. I, I'm not sure like, who did it first, but Bethan's... different people? No, they've both <laughs> yeah. done it. So shout right. out to Musical Bethan as well, because I know she did this. I can't remember if she did it first. Dodie has responded most recently, so that's why Dodie was top of mind for me. Yeah. But she did Dear 25-Year-Old Me, and she's replied to her 20-year-old self, which I just think is just a really cool way to use YouTube. But yeah, Bethan... 
did a similar thing. Um, I think she did when she was 16, she did dear 18 year old. And when she was 18, she did dear 21 year old, like that kind of thing, which is also really cool. And I would recommend checking those out because especially for both of both of those, um, for Bethan and for Dodie, that they were moving through establishing music careers. So they're like, oh, I hope by this point you've done this. And they have, or they've done even more than that, which is just really cool to see. And I think it's because with all these channels, like, you know, on Dan's channel, you can go back like 10 years or whatever. So it's kind of a time capsule within itself, the internet, yeah. I guess, as yeah. in YouTube especially. But I thought it was a really cool use of the platform to actively describe your life and who you are and what you were going through at that yeah. point in time and then revisit it. Love Dodie, like but also love, yeah, that, that format. Um, and Bethan as well should give a shout out to Bethan because I think maybe she did the trend first but it's always so hard to know with the internet where know, things started no idea. but as soon as you said what you were describing I was like what is her name with YouTubers there were so many like similar YouTubers as well like obviously very different and unique but also like I'm pretty sure like Bethan and Dodie have collabed over the years because they were you know oh kind yeah of, you I would know, say so the YouTube yeah. ukulele musicians of the time but that is the end of my top three so amazing do you want to hit us with some honorable mentions that we yeah, can whisk w- through and then we'll do some new stuff absolutely I will and I'll tag off the end of yours yep <laughs> and talk about Jack and Dean because yes. I think they're um they're an interesting sort of one to look back on because their earliest video on their YouTube is 12 years ago. Yeah, right. I don't know if they were making content before that. You know how, like, you go back and you're like, hang on, I think I thought they had more videos than this. Yeah. And they've obviously There's gone and done definite, a definitely been some selective. And we're talking about Birdie. Like, he definitely went through a stage where he just deleted everything off his channel because he's like, and you know I'm what? a serious I, filmmaker now, which is fair enough. Well, I wiped my Facebook not long ago. So yeah, I, absolutely. I, I get it. Um, anyway, so... 12 years ago, which is still a really long time ago, yeah. regardless. Um, and their videos were comedy skits yes, and short films, really, really funny stuff and really well done too. Like it was very, you could yeah. tell early on what their sort of tone yeah. was going to be throughout their sort of filmmaking, yes. I guess. And like they, cause um, they've done a, they did a series, didn't they, as well? Uh, Jack and Jane of, Jane of All Trades. Yeah. To love that. Again, they really inspired what I wanted to do in terms of like doing short films and things like that and actually yeah. sit down and write stuff because mm-hmm. I'm not much of a writer. But I've um, followed, followed, stalked um, <laughs> uh, Jack onto his sort of solo channel. Yeah. And I really love his movie reviews. Mm. I'm a big like filmy type of person. Yeah. Like I, I always want to know everyone's opinion. Mm. I listen to his podcast with Mike Commode, which is so good. It's a film podcast. So, and he's doing another um, sort of podcast as well at the moment, I think. Um, so that's really good. I can't remember what that's called. but Oh, my he, God. Um, I've just had... Sorry, this is going to completely yeah. interrupt your train of thought. But do you remember no. the YouTube quiz show that Crabsticks hosted? Oh, briefly. It only ever had like two episodes. Anyway, it was iconic. Jack and yeah. Dean were both on it at one point. I just suddenly remember Ooh, that it I do, existed. I do remember anyway. it and I remember thinking this is going to be really good. Yeah. And, and then, think, because if they didn't do any more than that. Yeah, it was cl- like becoming YouTube too. Like it just never went anywhere. But anyway. happened. Yeah, but no, I, I love – and anything that Jack and Dean were in or doing, you would go check it out because you knew that yeah. they would you know, bring their sort of personality to it. But – he, um, he just directed a couple of music videos for Dodie. Yes. And he actually just released like a 30-minute video, which I haven't watched yet, but it looks amazing. It's basically like a breakdown of like all of her, all of the songs on her new EP yeah. or album that she's just done. Or even like I noticed on Instagram he was doing a breakdown of like, okay, I've just made the production schedule for Dodie's video yeah. shoot. Let me talk you through why we do the things the way we do. So it's kind of like... Which is awesome. Yeah. Because I went to his YouTube channel when I was in uni. Yeah. Looking, and he was sort of at the same time processing it all at, at that time. Yeah. But now in with all of the knowledge that he has gained over the last, you know, well, seven years or whatever. Well, because I remember with Jack and Dean, I specifically remember hearing them shout out their media teacher from when they were at school because they knew each other from school, right? So, like, yeah, yeah. them talking about their, their, like, their school teachers and their, maybe their uni lecturers as well and, like, how much they learned from them. So I think it's always been, yeah. especially for Jack, like a conscious choice to kind of continue to impart that knowledge. Oh, for sure. And, like, you know, because when you look at films critically, you kind of have to have some kind of, 
background yeah, in absolutely. it. I feel like to have well, – not to have a valid opinion, that's wrong. Have an to informed have some kind of opinion. Yeah, and an appreciation too yeah. for it. Like if – you know. And so I guess because, yeah, he obviously has wealth of knowledge in yeah. what he's learned over the years. So why not impart it on, on everyone else and sort of give tips and tricks? And, yeah. Because that's, that's something that I loved having and I'm sure he did too. As a as a young filmmaker, Absolutely. to have somewhere to go to to get some ideas. But anyway, I really loved the stuff he's been making recently. It's really interesting. Like the music videos are really good. Yeah. So it's great to see. And Dean, like they always do their end of the year. <laughs> yeah, the um, year of the year video review. Yeah. Because what is it? It's the good, the bad, and the just plain shit parts of whatever I the year so. is. Yeah. So it's cool yeah. to see them come together and continue that tradition, but also to see them grow and move in different ways. And like, yeah, the fact that. Jody is a you know established musical artist now, and Jack and PJ do music videos for her. Like that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> it's a fun. A it's fun like seeing your friends get to live out their dreams, even though we've never met these people. We never will because you have <laughs> it's just that. Just nice to see people be successful. I think it is, but also I think because you have the intimacy of like we watch them. <laughs> this is weird. We watch them, you know, on our phones or on our computers in our rooms, and they're on their computers in their rooms filming their videos. So it kind of you know that relationship develops in a in a different way. I think um, than your usual sort of fan celebrity relationship, which is yeah. interesting. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Anyway, no, no, that's okay. I'll I'll keep with my yeah. honorable mentions, I guess. So Mitchell Davis, yes, who goes by Live Love a Live, sort of pinning off what you just said. He um he did a video about three years ago where he reacted to his old videos, <laughs> and he he said something that I thought was so interesting. Mm. He was like, "This is a quote." It's weird how I shared everything and nothing at the same time. Yes, right? And I was like, ooh, that's exactly how I look at, I'm doing air quotations, YouTubers or content creators. Because it's such a snippet of their lives. Like they draw you in and you feel like one of their best friends, but at the same time, like you have no idea. Like like, when people go through divorces or whatever and you get, you find out like six months later, like with Liza Koshy and David Dobrik, like they were broken up for almost a year before they told everyone and no one figured it out. There's things that you can keep. If you want to keep it private, you can, you know. Yeah. Um, But Mitchell... He was probably the first channel I ever subscribed to, created his channel 14 years ago. And I remember finding the party music. That was the first video I remember watching. It was Mitchell and Kyle Mm -hmm. where they danced and lip synced to a bunch of songs that were popular at the time and some older songs. Yeah. And it's very – it looks like it's filmed on a potato. Um, (laughs) It's incredible. And, like, like Mitchell's doing live streams now. That's a big thing where a lot of people are just – uploading to their patreon yeah or, jumping know, on twitch of, like yeah michael twitch michael thing. clifford's out here with like one of the most oh, yeah. most streamed songs in the world and he's still like i'm gonna i'm gonna stream some video games for you guys because oh, i love that it's so it's so great he clearly enjoys it but anyway um and i've put another one into my honorable yes. mentions olin rogers who i would say is up there in terms of one of, if not my favourite creator Ooh, of all time. Big call. I know, huge call. And the video that stands out to me that I remember sending to everybody was a video called The Snack Thief. And his content was mainly story times. Yeah. Like just straight to camera, story times told in the most dramatic fashion. He is so <laughs> funny but the way he tells stories mm-hmm. is just i can't explain it if you're interested if that's something that interests you go watch a video um the snack thief is really good one in the pit is also another really funny one yeah but um he also did skits and things like that and he created a, a like a little series mm-hmm. on his channel called rolling with olin where <laughs> right. him and his friend jake um, would drive around Nashville, like rolling around in their car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what that means. Right. Um, and they were listening to music and eating food. And it was just wholesome. You know, it was like really good content, really funny. Yeah. Um, and then Olin went on to create an animated TV series called Final Space, mm-hmm. which he writes um, and voices characters in the show. Available on Netflix, but it's, <laughs> it is so good. It's just an ad for all of them. Yeah, exactly. No, I love him. I think he's just the story times. It's like the way you tell a story is so important in life. Yeah. And when he speaks, it's just, it's so funny. It's so well done. And it's so cool to see him doing an animated show because I love, I love animated TV shows. So I'm a, I'm an avid watcher of that. But those are my, those are my honorable mentions. What have, um, what have you got? 
Well, before I jump into that, I just want to yeah. um something you said there about Olin um because he has a TV show now, which is available on a streaming yeah. platform. But I guess being an animated TV show show is kind of more of a traditional platform, as it were. Yeah, and it the is. The other thing I find yeah. really interesting about online culture is how traditional platforms have had to adapt. Well, oh well, actually, I should say too. Yeah, it was originally it was by the Adult Swim, which is uh, their yeah. parent company, is Cartoon Network. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. One hundred percent a traditional yeah. network. Anyway, you're right; they have to adapt. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking about like I could not tell you a point in my life where I've ever watched a full episode of James Corden on the Late Late Show or Jimmy Fallon on either of his talk shows, but I have spent probably hours watching carpool karaoke clips or like you know all of the skits that jimmy does on his shows like the the importance of not necessarily the viral video but of having that shareable content i guess um and that online content i'm like i've often wondered especially with james's show i'm like is it disjointed as a show because there are so many parts of it that seem to be like skit or carpool karaoke or segmented exactly so i'm like i wonder how it flows as an actual show i've always been curious but i watch um i watch colbert oh yeah he's another one yeah (laughs) it's fine but it does feel uh yeah i like that they they chop it up yeah also our attention yeah i was about to say no one has attention spans anymore not for that sort of content i don't think but i love that's a really good point yeah it's had to adapt yeah i think it's just really interesting which is great um yeah but yes i will race through my honorable mentions speaking of attention spans no i don't stress let's we'll just flow as we go (laughs) all right don't feel like you have to also if there are any like um creaking or shuffling noises throughout it's because i've been trying to reposition myself because i am old and i and i cannot sit on the floor cross-legged for more than like 15 minutes at a time so you know we're practically 30 yeah exactly we're over the hill on the ropes my honorable mentions i guess i should kick it off by saying aloha sprinklerinos to give everyone (gasps) a bit of a trauma flashback (laughs) but sprinkle of glitter slash louise pentland as she is now rebranded is someone that i do still watch occasionally now but was definitely one of the queens of the uk youtube scene back in the day and she was one that did you know collabs tag videos craft videos clothing hauls featured her daughter darcy as baby glitter in very very cute videos here and there she also did um disney vlogs which is a huge part of carrie's content as well that i feel like i didn't touch on but that girl goes to disney world a lot but louise always felt like kind of like you know that older sister character who would do yeah. you know the advice videos but also just seems like a genuinely hilarious human being and I, I think know. we really saw because she kind of had you know a very kind of family friendly like kind of mummy vlogger kind of vibe lots of pink lots of pastel lots of glitter on her original channel but then mm-hmm. she would do collabs with dan or she would do collabs with jack and i feel like that is when we would really see the true louise um come to the surface i actually came across one of her videos on IGTV. yes she was her basically explaining that she wasn't a fitbit yeah partner. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so because like, she again like talking about relatable hilarious content like she posted a yeah, video so or like a post about the fact that she'd bought a fitbit because she wanted yeah. to get a bit more active and then all of these people accused her of not being transparent about her sponsorship because <laughs> that is one thing that she has been really good at from the start is having that extra like almost like overboard level of transparency when it comes to sponsorships and advertising which a lot of creators struggle with like she to the point will yeah. where because i still follow her now like on stories if she posts like you know, an outfit or like something, she would be like, I worked with this brand in the past, but I'm not being paid to make this specific post or like they yeah. gifted this to me or that. Like she's like, like really oh, onto it with pe- the transparency you know stuff. why? Because is... people, as soon as she doesn't say. Yeah. Well, clearly people, people are like, how dare you Blimey. not acknowledge Fitbit as the partner? But she's someone that really, yeah, has grown and evolved into, you know, a businesswoman. You're also talking about a woman who was kind of like married and pregnant uh, fairly straight out of university, got made redundant from her job and started a blog, which is where she became friends with Zoella and then made a YouTube video because she was looking for a hobby. And now, you know, 10 years later, has two children, lives in a house that she bought with money from YouTube, has over a million of subscribers, like has been invited to meet the Pope, has spoken like on UN panels, on Facebook panels. But she's also someone that, Yeah. yeah, like with the 
IGTVs and that kind of stuff is always trying new things. Um, yeah, she's just which like, I think is really interesting. Yeah, and another of my honourable mentions that relates very strongly to Louise is uh, Bits and Clips, uh, who has rebranded and is now known as Marie That's Me, who is a lady called Marie who lives in Seattle and she's best friends with Louise. <laughs> they met yep. on YouTube. We got to see them meet for the first time in person via a vlog, which is incredible. They have daughters that are the same age, um, their eldest daughters. But Marie's content is really just kind of like homey and adorable. She just had a, her fourth baby which is incredible. I know like family vloggers are like a whole other kettle of fish that we won't get into, but it's really cool to see. Like, I think for Marie, YouTube has remained a hobby. So she's very selective about what she puts together and what she sort of documents. And she does use it as kind of a way to document her life to be able to show her kids, you know, when they grow up. Like, it's really, really interesting. And she's been through a lot of traumatic um, things in her life with losing her parents and that kind of stuff. But she always tends to have a really refreshing honesty but also optimism she's someone that like goes like super extra with her kids birthday decorations and stuff but it's because she makes them all herself like you know like that kind of thing so it was kind of that like yeah it was kind of that fun little combination of like yes she's you know a creator with thousands of followers and that kind of thing but she's still a really normal human (laughs) and she's living a very relatable life and she's also very similar to Louise very funny very sharp yeah very quick witted it's important I think Um, for a YouTube yeah so a lot of their videos together are also great and like they've taken the kids to Disney together and it's so cute yeah so Louise and Marie are kind of like definitely a shared one because they're besties Um, and I think a lot of people that maybe if you're listening to this and you watch Louise but you haven't checked out Marie definitely do because she's absolutely she's a bucket of fun and my final honorable mention is our only australian shout out um i don't know how this became the the only one but uh Trace- I, well i had i had one can i say i had one you had one but they uh, to represent yeah. the aussies uh community channel oh I also yes had her of natalie course. tran yes. anyway but yeah troy i if I I'm going to pick this. one, but it's got to be Troy. Yes, go on. I missed the opportunity. He came into work. I was about to say, did you run into him? What was he buying? Uh, a charger. Oh, so so humble, so relatable. Maybe, maybe this is a shout out to the LVE podcast uh, exclusive. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Troy, Troy Svan came into a store and bought a phone charger. And he was wearing a shirt inside out. Oh, did they tell him? And someone told him. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. And it I wasn't a purposeful said. fashion choice. It was genuinely. Uh, he was no, wearing it was a, a genuine. It was like an overshirt and it was inside out. Oh, and, uh, bless. Stars, they're just like he us. Was so. Apparently he was so, so, so nice Yeah. to the point where one of the girls I work with, she'd done a review of his album and she was like, oh, I want to show you. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cute. I, I wish mean, I had been may there. as well take the opportunity. That's adorable. <gasps> and, and he came over, he's like, oh, can I take a photo of it? Because it was so, yeah. it was a really lovely, it was a five star yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Of course. Imagine Huge. if she showed him and it was only like four stars. Oh my God. <laughs> Huge. We love, we love Troy Savant. It's so funny because we've all been talking about it at work. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to run into him. Yeah. Well, he's clearly in the vicinity. Love that's Troy so Savant. funny. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's, what I hope tangent. you keep maybe part of that in. That's a fun little I story. think I should. I think that's yeah. fun. And you know, he's such a big star now. That's the thing. So this is, all right. So I first encountered Troy Savant. I want to say it was like 2013 on, or 2014 on YouTube and the first video of his I saw was his coming out video and I remember that day being like a big day in the history yeah. of the internet because he was the one of the first people to kind of you know make that announcement in this way and it was so interesting to sort of see again you talk about people not sharing the entirety of their lives like saying everything but saying nothing at the same time yeah Um, And I think that was a really great example of that. And that was kind of the first time where people realized that like these YouTubers that you felt that you knew everything about, you didn't actually know everything about. And that was fine, but it was just Mm. um, really sort of fascinating to see that unfold. And he was always, Troy was always, you know, at VidCon and that kind of thing. I remember like all of his videos with like Tyler Oakley and also, you know, the rest of the UK YouTuber crew as well was, you know, really iconic, you know, yeah. YouTuber of the time. So many collabs whenever people visited Australia. Like, he did videos with them as well. He did some great skit content as well. And on the side had, you know, this acting career, just casually. And then also launched into one of the world's, like, definitely Australia's, if not one of the world's biggest pop stars. Yeah, like, 100%. 
he is a superstar in my absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. And like but, it's been but really But it's because he's so like his music is so great. It's not Yeah. Like he's just—it's not because of the platform again. It's like absolutely the talent yeah. and the artistry and everything, and it's yep. been really cool to sort of see. And again, we've talked a lot on this podcast about evolution and growth and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But with Troy, especially because he was Australian, he always felt, you know, like a friend, like someone we grew up with. So to see someone have that level of success, yeah, um, and still, you know, be really nice, <laughs> yeah. Um, is really great. But the other reason I wanted to mention Troy is because he actually, during the pandemic, mentioned something that I thought was really interesting. So he okay. uh, was back in Melbourne for a time and then flew back to LA for work purposes and he vlogged the trip, which was so funny because it was like return of the YouTube Troy. But he talked about how he was launching, I'm not sure if it was an album or just maybe some singles when he was in Melbourne. And that was, you know, we were in lockdown, like we couldn't go anywhere. You definitely couldn't have, you know, people over to help you shoot content. And I just remember him like tweeting or posting a video or something being like, thank the Lord. I was a YouTuber because I can do all this stuff myself. Like it's very low budget and like, it's, you know, kind of dodgy, but it works for the purposes of producing, you know, promo images for albums or for singles and like video content and like all this kind of stuff. He just edited himself using his phone and a laptop. And I thought it was really cool to see even, you know, people that have all of that budget and resources at their, at their scale, if there's one thing that this pandemic has shown is that a lot of people have been reduced to, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. having to be incredibly resourceful. And it was really fun to sort of see him acknowledge the fact that um, the way he'd sort of emerged through YouTube was yeah. actually a real asset to his, you know, career, as it his were. future, yeah. Yeah. That was um, kind of an interesting little little shout out. Yeah, no, I love, uh, yeah, I love Troy Saban. I think, yeah, he's definitely someone that's so interesting to check in with. Yeah. Like, to see what he's up to and because the music is so great. Yeah. But also it, his creativity yes. is incredible. Like, he's such a such a talent. Yeah. No, that was, yeah, had to give Troy a shout out as, like, an absolute icon of that YouTube era who mm. basically reinvented themselves because I'm sure there are many a person – I, don't, I presume Troy's videos are all still up. I haven't actually looked, but I'm sure there oh, is know, yeah. many a person that is a Troy Sivan music fan that has no idea yeah, <laughs> about well, his, now, uh, his uh, YouTube yeah. past, as it were. Now, we do also have a couple of newbies, a couple of current things that we watch that we wanted to end the pod by giving a bit of a shout out to. So what have you got on your list? Well, I decided to put down a podcast medley because basically my time on the internet has kind of uh, come to not an end, but I just, I spend a lot of time now listening and watching podcasts, whether that's like an audio podcast or a video podcast. Mm -hmm. A lot of my time is doing that. Like that's my, that's what I mostly watch online now. Yeah. So the first podcast that I wanted to give a shout out to is H3 podcast. Um, I knew, never knew of H3 before they turned into a podcast, which is interesting. Like they had a whole sort of YouTube journey before that. I didn't realize. They did. (laughs) Yeah, they did. They used to do like, uh, like reaction videos and it was Ethan and Ela, but it was, that was more scripted, more editing. Yeah edited sort of podcast uh video sorry yeah so and I started listening to their podcast about four years ago and when they first started it it was actually like they would have guests on mm-hmm. most of the time so they yeah. would have someone come in and Ethan and Ela would interview the guest but now it's evolved into basically them and the crew which the crew is just are just as great as Ethan and Ela at this point like they're just as part of the show as um as them yeah and so they do a couple of different shows they do off the rails which is basically just ethan talking about whatever he wants to <laughs> yeah. and then h3 after dark which i really love that they do a live stream every week which is for the members like the members can like comment and, and sort uh, of yeah. put their two two bobs in but yeah I, and i love that it's really it, again it's another way of connecting to your audience so i love that and then the second one i wanted to mention was trash tuesday <laughs> which is formerly known as Bloodbath. Oh, yes. Um, Lovely. Yeah, which is a, a very recent addition to my podcast schedule. <laughs> and so that's Annie Lederman, Esther Pavisky, and Kalila Kuhn. So Esther and Annie are stand-up comics. Yeah, right. Um, and Kalila 
who also hosts a, another podcast called Tiger Belly with her partner Bobby Lee. They're all sort of comedians and it's just funny because I used to not be a massive fan of stand-up. Yeah, I was about to say, like, whenever I've said, hey, let's go to the comedy festival, you've always been like, I don't really like stand-up. I've always been like a hard no. <laughs> um, I don't <laughs> think I I've like... always been a really... But it's interesting, yeah. like, stand-up in different forms because... Of course, yeah. And, like, obviously when it's a podcast and they're interacting with each other, it's really different. But also, like, some of it my favourite stand-up shows aren't funny (laughs) like Daniel Sloss and like that kind of thing like he's like they're funny in parts and like Hannah Gadsby and that kind of thing but overall it's much more of a like intellectually stimulating experience than it is funny but anyway I digress (laughs) but it's like I I love the dynamic more yeah absolutely it's just like one person standing up on stage talking it's like it's like when like if this podcast was one of us rather than the two of us remember when we entertained that idea yeah I was like hell no (laughs) you have to have someone to vibe off, I think. yeah and, that, and that's what this podcast does so well and the three yeah. of them are legends and basically they it's just three chicks chatting about the raw realities of being women amazing Not only like in the entertainment industry but also just existing yeah just in society yeah (laughs) just as you do um it is not family friendly at all okay good disclaimer but it's hilarious and their dynamic is really special i i I really love them so that's yeah i'm a podcast listener watcher i have a commute to work so that Mm. it helps the time go by and obviously eat biscuits which i mentioned earlier what about you Yours, yes. I don't know what this is. So do you, we'll have to, I'll take it, I'll take are. it, I'll take it back to, yes. Yeah. So the band R5, uh, who are no longer a band, um, who are the Lynch siblings plus one extra. So you've got Riker Lynch, who was also on Glee, Dancing with the Stars, uh, Rocky and Ross, who was most famously on Disney Channel in Austin Alley and uh, Teen Beach Movie and has also been in... He's played Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer, and he's also been in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Rydell, the only sister, um, and then they also have another brother, Ryland, who was never in the band. But when I did see them live, he did a DJ set as the support oh. act, so shout out to them. But anyway, Rydell, while they were on tour with R5 and that kind of thing, she started vlogging. So she used to do like tour vlogs and like the Swedish candy challenge or the Scottish mm. candy challenge and like all those kinds of videos that you can do when you're traveling the world, you know, and sort of since the band stuff has died down and also, you know, during the pandemic, she has kind of focused more on that social media stuff and she has dedicated a lot more time to her YouTube channel. She posts like her family get together a lot, which probably during COVID wasn't ideal, but she has like this extended family. Like she's one of five siblings and then has all these cousins that also live locally. And she like just posts all these vlogs of like their get togethers. Like they get together like every weekend and do like massive cookouts and like have game night and like poker night and like they have all these pets. I don't know. Mm. It's just kind of this like kind of family dynamic. But I guess most notably and most recently, she got married and had a baby, which obviously is lovely. But also if you're a YouTuber, that is content gold, (laughs) such as the world that we live in. But I don't know. I just find Rydell, like she's really easy to watch. Like she's pretty chill. She's pretty bubbly. Like, you know, does a lot of videos with her brothers, which I'm sure really helps with with the view. Of course, yeah. But anyway, so I just wanted to give Rydell a shout out because she's doing, you know, she's pretty, pretty chill, pretty fun. A lot of like going through the in and out drive through until they refused it. Like it's a mix of like those like trend, trend (laughs) videos as well as the vlogs. So it's kind of you know those those balances which are which are fun. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, geez, we have covered it. (laughs) Well, I'd hope so, because we've been (laughs) talking for a bloody long time. I would love to hear from people, because I don't know really what our sort of demographic of who listens to this, but if you are listening, I would love to know what people used to watch. I think that's probably my my biggest interest. Yeah. Whenever I have conversations with people and I'm like, what were you watching on YouTube during your like formative years? Yeah. Your young adult. Because as well, like, really who were you obsessed with and then emulated? Because, like, 100% yeah. I started wearing, like, subconsciously, like, started wearing, like, floral dresses because of Carrie. Yeah, like, 100%. Like, you I know. will say there was a time where I was like, okay, Kara 
is morphing into Carrie Fletcher. <laughs> trying my best, but I also wasn't trying at all. It was just like that was the thing. Like, But but that's because that was what you were influenced by. Yeah, absolutely. Influences. Oh, it's all coming full circle. <laughs> it is. It is coming full circle. But I, that's what I'm interested in. I think that's there's something there. And that's, that's kind of why we did this episode was because it's yeah. fun to look back on the things that, you know, it's a nostalgia trip, but it's also like, to see how we've evolved too in our, yeah, absolutely. In our watching of content. And oh, it was fun, fun to chat with you yeah. too, Cara. So I guess we want everyone to let us know in the comments yeah. um, about the creators that they either used to watch or still watch now. I would like to give a shout out to Lau, who contributed to our soundtracks episode from a couple of weeks ago. Did you see her comment? Yeah. Oh, at the Twilight? Yes. Absolute solid shout out. The code needs more love in the world, I <laughs> Absolutely. feel like. So I'm right there with her. So if you would like to join the fun over on Instagram, you can find us at shoutoutoldme. If you feel so inclined, you can leave us a voice message over on Anchor, which is anchor.fm forward slash shoutoutotheoldme. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a review if you like. Share the podcast with anyone that you think may enjoy it. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with another new episode on I don't even know what's next. We'll probably discuss that after oh, we finish yeah. recording. <laughs> I have no idea. So any suggestions, let us know. Yeah. I just subconsciously did a peace sign. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> you can't see me. And uh, none of you listening can see me. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> What a great note to end on. We'll see you soon, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, peace.